The FIFA Women's World Cup is kicking off this week and the event is inspiring many girls into football. But before the opening ceremony on Thursday, there's another very special football game that's being played in Auckland this week. A team of girls, many of whom are former refugees, has travelled over from the US to face off against a mixed team of girls with refugee backgrounds here in New Zealand. The two teams of both refugee and non-refugee players will be facing off at the Waitamata Football Club at 4.30 this afternoon. Bella Munro is from the Refuge Support Refugee Support Centre, Uma Trust. She's been involved in making this happen and she's in the studio with me. Hi. Hi. This sounds cool. Me. How did this even happen? Where did it begin? Where does the story begin? Well, the story begins with us as an organisation, I think. So we're a Refugee Family Trust um, and we work with families and communities from refugee backgrounds. A real strength and unique part of the service that we have is that we have 12 staff who speak nine languages. Uh-huh. So um, the communities that we support can uh, access our service and our programs in mother tongue languages. What languages are represented? Oh, gosh, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Somali, Arabic, Tigrinya, Amharic, Tigray, Pashtu, <laughs> Urdu, uh, and Farsi Dari. Wow, okay. Yeah. Um, and so when and why was your organisation founded? Um, it was founded at a really grassroots level in 2003 uh, where people from migrant and refugee communities were noticing a real need. And the culture that was set up there around rather than a top-down um, creating programs and offering them, it, we are really connected to the communities and listening to the communities and mm. responding in that way. Uh, and it's, uh, did you tell me when it was formed? How long? Two thousand and three. Okay, cool. Twenty years then. Mm. Okay, what about this football game? Yeah, so the football game has been really synchronistic in how it all came about. So there's a team from um, the USA that are coming. They are part of an organisation called Refugee Soccer, based in Utah in the USA. And Adam Miles is the person who reached out to us and said, "Hey." we want to come with a team of mixed refugee and non-refugee background girls for the FIFA Women's World Cup, and we'd love to have some games with similar teams um, in Auckland. Would that be something that you're interested in? Mm. So we went back and talked to the communities and, and talked to the parents and, and the young women and said, is this something that you want to do? And, and there was a strong yes. Cool. Yeah. Tell me about the team you're fielding. Uh, the team that we have uh, from... So many different places. We, at the very beginning when the team came together, the, the coach who is um, Hayley Gleeson from the Football Girls is incredible and she kind of got everyone looking at their whakapapa on a piece of paper. And so we have Syria, Afghanistan, Somalia, India, Samoa, Wales, Scotland, I'm missing some, Indonesia, Malaysia, a huge number of different um, countries and backgrounds represented in yeah. the team. What sort of ages? Um, about 14 to 18 years old. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's the same on the team you're facing? Yep, same mm. on the team we're facing. So Adam came in July um, from Refugee Soccer to connect and to, to talk a bit more about what his vision was and, and what he's trying to create. And at a really similar time, the Ministry of Youth Development reached out and said, hey, we've got some funding um, for um, aligning with the FIFA Women's World Cup, and it's about um, getting young people, and particularly young girls, women, um, involved in sport. You know, would you like to do something? Mm. And we said, well, you know, what we were thinking would be an informal game with them can actually start to grow into something a bit bigger. 
So what are your hopes for this game? What is the point of the game? It's not just about the game. There's been a bit of build-up. So over the school holidays, uh, Hayley uh, has been training the girls. So they've come together a number of times. And this is about creating a sense of participation and belonging and um, connecting this team of girls um, and to to create something that is often missing for uh, young girls from refugee backgrounds, which is that connection with broader Kiwi mm. culture and, and New Zealanders and... And so I can see that that's really happened. There was uh, the She Belongs team, which is what the American team are calling themselves, um, had a game last night with another organisation, which is Raz NZ and uh, Auckland United, and we were able to watch that game and go and share food with them afterwards. And we hear from refugee background girls, well, I go to school, but I don't really know who my friends are. And what that means is I don't have friends. And driving the girls home last night after the dinner, was just a buzz. They were like, oh, my gosh, they're from the other side of the world. They're from such a different place, but I feel like I know them, Mm. and we're so the same. We're so the same. So there's this sense of belonging and connection that can be missing in the experience of these young women, and it's just so amazing to see them so excited and alive. Be an interesting uh, group of people on the stands as well, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. We've really said to families, please come along and invited people from our communities. And so I think it will be a big event. You know, the game is a small part of a bigger event tonight. And tomorrow night, there'll be another game uh, at Manukau United. Uh huh. Have to ask Wales and Scotland represented in the team? Yeah, Wales and Scotland are represented in the team. Presumably not refugee backgrounds. Or... No, these would be our New Zealander girls who who fuck a papa back to yeah. Scotland and Wales. Okay, cool. And um, people can go along and watch this. I guess so. Yeah, I don't know if we can if we had hundreds of people come if we can cater for everyone for the dinner. But the game starts at four. I don't think any of our listeners are going to come along <laughs> expecting dinner, Bella. Don't worry. Yeah. We have a game starting at four thirty, and it would be great to have um, anyone who wants to come and watch and, and cheer the sides along and see the magic that's been created. Oh man, here. I'd love to go to that. That's so cool. Can you tell me a bit about your job and what you do there and sure. the problems you're trying to solve and, and how you solve them? So my job is as a social worker uh, and social work manager at the Uma Trust. And so I am not from the communities that we support. And that's, I'm the only one in the client facing team um, that is that. My expertise is with the system and we have ethnic social workers working within their own ethnic communities. And so we work on a really strength-based model and we trust, you know, our team trusts and knows each other and draws on each other's wisdom every day to respond to the issues that some of our clients might be facing. And and housing, we know, is a huge one in Auckland, so that's a big part of what I do. Um, It might be enrolling children in school. It might be helping people access healthcare um, and we run amazing programs. So we have a ladies lunch, we have a huge driving program to help people access their learner's licence, restricted licence, full licence and conversion. And so that's a huge part of what we do. Um, And then we have uh, school holiday programs. Dan uh, Johnston, who's the director of Waitamata Football Club, is a huge supporter of ours and we run 12 weeks of school holiday programs Mm. at Waitamata Football Club. Um, And we have a Muslim school holiday program that we run in collaboration with Najashi Trust um, at Wesley Community Centre and other programs that 
emerge as the communities come and tell us what they need. People might be wondering if, if we're welcoming these refugees to New Zealand, aren't we as a nation or as we as a government making sure they have access to things like housing and medical and school enrolments? Yep, absolutely. <laughs> um, it's really complex to answer that question in a succinct way because there's very different reasons for why people might need those things. So, I mean, housing, if people are resettling in Auckland, housing's hard for everyone in mm. Auckland. It's not a distinct issue for um, refugee families or communities. Mm. It's for everyone at yeah. the moment. Um, schools, it might be that people have relocated or children are changing from mm. um, primary school to... So they might get set up by a government agency, but then they are sort of like, good luck. We have a resettlement provider who offers one to two years of support. Okay. Um, when people first arrive, mm. but people might not have accumulated enough language or system knowledge mm. to be able to navigate that. And especially if you're looking at mothers and single mothers who um, might not have even been able to access English in those two years mm. because they would have had really demanding roles at home and supporting the children. Um, so people need support. You know, in a, in Can a you way. tell me about a couple of the wins that you might have on a sort of weekly or monthly basis, you know, places where you can see you're making a difference? I think when people access social housing, um, it can be a huge win, um, particularly if they've been transient or in emergency accommodation over a long period of time. When people know that they're going to now have that really stable base they're not going to need to move in a year's time, that this is their home. Um, that's a huge win. And and for me, in how I'm situated within the organisation, that's often when I close a file and I don't need to see that family again because once they have housing, that foundational need met, then they can access community support and their religious or cultural practices that support them in the other areas of their life um, where, where they need it. Gee, the idea of kids without friends is pretty heartbreaking. Yeah, really heartbreaking. And it's really difficult, you know, that, that when young people arrive, and particularly in that age of people that we're working with, they need to be in an ESOL program because the quickest thing they need for their education is to ups upskill their English level. That's a language program, learning yeah, English. Yeah, which sits within schools, within mm -hmm. um, secondary schools, uh, high schools. But automatically they're kept separate from the other other children and automatically they're different and I notice often it's harder for them to know how to engage in the sports programs or the arts programs that are offered at the school because there's this separation and so it's you know while it's needed it also presents some dynamics that are not always easy. You guys need anything? <laughs> money <laughs> we always need money um, yeah funding's definitely um, something that we need in an ongoing way um, to support, yeah, what it is that we do. Okay. Umatrust.co.nz, that's U-M-M-A, and that football match is at 4.30 this afternoon. I wish I could be there. Thanks so much for telling us all about it. Thanks. Thanks for having us on.